Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explain Book Club, where I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, Sarah Pacelli, Stuart Eminen, David LaFuente, Mark Brooks, and now Trevor Hare scenes. Ultimate Spider-Man. We Woo! are here. Uh, we are talking uh, some Ultimate Spider-Man. Specifically, we are diving into Volume 9? Yeah. I believe Volume 9 of yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man entitled Ultimate 6. But I do have to preface this, folks. Uh, we are missing a man. We are down a man. I'm, of course, joined by one of the only two men who I would trust by to break me out of a high-security shield containment facility while also recognizing that the people who also broke me out are both not my father and also big-time, big-bad enemies. Yeah. First, uh, the spectacular... Malcolm Russell Nelson. Hello. Hello. And we Hello. are unfortunately missing uh, Jacob Brown, which Yeah, do you is... know what happened to him? So I got a call, right, from, uh, I don't, the number was blocked, but it was from a Mr. Quartermain, I think I said his name right. Uh, he said that, Quarter. he called in and he said that uh, Jacob is, I guess he was being put into protective custody with S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't, I've, I'm not familiar with them. I've never taken a call from them, but like, interesting. Yeah, that's. A, it, did you I, have to accept? Did you have to accept the charges for the? Call? I did, and it. That's jacked up, It jacked up my phone bill like a lot. <laughs> I already got. They called me this right morning, <laughs> and I already got charged for it. It's like a wow. separate charge for my phone bill. Either way, wow. um, Jacob is Nokia gonna be, is messing up right now. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to transfer over a razor soon. Um, yeah, but yeah, they said that Jacob's gonna be with them for a little while. Really didn't give me any context of what he's doing there, but I I hope he's doing okay, and hopefully he'll be out of Shield protective custody by next week. But um, in the meantime, we're talking okay. Ultimate Six. Yeah, uh, this is going to be issues. We're we're going back, back, back in time with Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> we can do just that much and be totally fine, right? Yeah, like, I, I think as long as we're under the 22nd mark, we should be yeah. okay. <laughs> YouTube rules. Uh, hey, there you go. But it is basically issue 46 of Ultimate ultimate spider-man and then the entire ultimate six uh miniseries which i believe was seven issues mm -hmm. and it was uh written by brian michael bendis with art by trevor Harrison of deceased fame mm -hmm. this was interesting um we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it <laughs> you know yes and no Yes, yes and no. That's fair. Everyone uh, does have the same haircut. Everyone <laughs> does have the same haircut. But uh, yeah, this was interesting. And of course, we got some absolutely killer covers by my boy, John Ooh. Cassidy. Ooh. I've got one as my background today. Those Cassidy covers. <sighs> has my heart. So good. I, I Cassidy, think just... Captain America. I need yep. another series of Cassidy, Captain America. I would kill for that. I would I would kill for him to do a mini series or something that is. Oh, my God. Can you imagine him like on the Sam miniseries? 
Oh, because his because be his Sam his Sam cat so, so good, good. so good. so good. I mean, all of the people Fuck. he draws are so That's good. True. That's true. So and good I what he does. I mean, the, so the cover you have behind you is a cover for Ultimate Six Number One. Yes. And I like I already I'm already in the bag for the Ultimates. I love the Ultimates. I love the Ultimate Universe. I love those designs. It's so literally, it's possible that that is my favorite Iron Man design. Like, it's, it's so ugly, possible. but I love it. I, I love how functional it is and how very realistic it is. Like, oh, this is a like iron suit that someone is clearly inside. It's big yes. and bulky. <laughs> it has giant laser cannons on the arm and it's fucking Take, cool. takes an entire team just to get him in and out yeah. of the suit. I love that. And Cassidy just gets that so well. Like, Agreed. God, just, ugh. And I'm not even ah! usually I'm not even usually a fan of Ultimate Cap. Like his portrayal is really like it's no. not great. It, but uh, this yeah. one Yeah. This one had some good shit in it. I gotta uh, say. I like how Bendis writes Ultimate Cap because he doesn't write Ultimate Cap like Ultimate Cap. Yes. He writes yep. Ultimate Cap like, like Captain America. Cap. Yeah. <laughs> and that he was doesn't and, write him like how Ultimate Cap is supposedly uh I, I think it was Mark Millar actually who yep. years ago said that like uh, 616 Cap was in the army, but Ultimate Cap was a Marine. Uh, sure. Which is an interesting comparison. I see Ultimate Cap as super right wing. Yes. He's more John 100%. Walker than not. 100%. Uh, and that's how you get the, does this, you think the letter on my forehead stands for France? One of the funniest lines in comic books, that, but also you, one of the worst things in comics. <laughs> you know, they have, and this is this is a huge, huge fucking tangent too. In Ultimates 2, they place suspicion that the cap that we've been following for yes. the entire Ultimates isn't the actual cap and it's just It's an actual cap. If yeah. they had followed through on that and been like, actually, it's this guy, John Walker, and they yeah. later brought in the real Steve Rogers, that would have been the coolest fucking thing that would have been fine and i think would have made a lot of sense yeah but i think they ultimate committed to it they were committed to it and the thing with ultimates is like you know they had already done the doubting thing in literally the same run with thor so like they couldn't do it again with cap too yeah and then have like a big reveal like so i i get it but yeah but then Thor ended you know. up being who he was anyway. So like, what is it? Like, like, I love Ultimates. God, Ultimates is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, Ultimate Ultimates. When it's good, it's great. When, when it's, it's not, good, it's great. It's and then when it's not, terrible. it's written by Jeff Loeb. Anyway, <laughs> I am not gonna turn this entire episode into bashing Jeff Loeb because I absolutely fucking could. But I'm not going to. <laughs> Jeff Loeb's Marvel stuff, specifically his ultimate Marvel stuff, is balls. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> well, you know, you I like are his Hulk run, right? I guess. Hey, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's Jeff. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. um, don't meet your heroes, kids. Don't meet your heroes. And You'll don't... find out they're pretty anti AAPR. Yeah. <laughs> and as someone who is AAPI, I am. That's yeah. a different episode. So what is that anyway? We're yeah. gonna move on. Uh, let's talk let's about Sharon. Let's talk about <laughs> redhead Sharon Carter, which automatically her. makes her the best Sharon Carter. <laughs> sorry, I mean, sorry, the, my bias biggest, is leaking through here. Uh, just a little bit. The biggest problem is that she just looks like older Mary Jane or <laughs> Natasha Romanoff or uh, Natasha Romanoff. Well, yeah, yeah. 
uh, who's also also betrays them. Lots of reveals in Ultimates 2. Got, Lots of reveals. You can in read Ult- it if you want. Ultimates uh, 2 is good. It's crazy. It has the yeah. biggest, craziest Iron Man suit of all time, which is a satellite, I think. <laughs> yeah. A- anime Mecha Iron Man is what. Yeah. That. It's sick. So Ultimate Spider-Man issue 46 uh, opens up with two months ago. We have uh, Sharon Carter being interviewed following the Dr. Octopus attack. And I was mm-hmm. really, really surprised that this is that we had this little flashback issue. And it makes total sense to me yeah. now in hindsight, why this wasn't included in last volume. Yes. Because this literally it's is purely just set up for Ultimate this. Yeah. And it makes me wonder why it was released this way. So I like scheduling what do you is mean? weird. Well, I, I'm just surprised because like the way that this is placed, like narratively, this happens, you know, the main event. The, At the end of Ultimate volume Six, three. It ha- well, yes, but this also the main uh, story of Ultimate Six takes place after the previous volume we just read. Oh, so why didn't the, why yeah. didn't this issue come out after those issues? Just for- because those issues were coming out at the same time. Oh, so Ultimate Six is coming out alongside Ultimate Spider-Man story. Got it. Okay, that makes that makes that's sense that's to why. Me. Okay, that's why. Yeah, hindsight is fucking crazy. It's twenty twenty. Yeah, we're twenty twenty five in my case. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, we get basically a recap of the Doc Ock, uh, Doc Ock issue, or Doc Ock arc. Uh, we see the whole battle between the two of them. We see the news report where Spider-Man had his, you know, I'm a hero shtick in front of mm-hmm. the cameras. And then we get to see the aftermath. Because we do see at the very end of that scene, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents uh, Carter and Wu show up. And then we just follow Peter back for the rest of the story. But now we stick with that area. We see them go inside of the Oscorp building and we find... No, Hammer Industries. Oh, Hammer Industries. You mean the arms? The The mechanical arms? arms? The mechanical arms? (laughs) We go inside Hammer Industries or... Yes. Hi. And... (laughs) Hi. 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 (laughs) I, I just want it to always... I want every company to be Stark Industries. C. C. Uh, just that will be the ultimate legacy for me. Um, but they go in and they find the eggheads. They find the little pencil pushers who are trying to keep everybody in containment of the little projects they've got. And I love them watching the events on the screen too. Yeah, and not noticing that the agents are coming in. They're just watching. It's like, I think it's clear. Like, I don't, I don't know. It, it's pretty bad out there. Like, there's news. We should probably wait in here for another few. And then one of them turns is like, oh, oh crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so everybody comes in and they see that for the most part, they've only really got one prisoner, one subject in there. But it's a pretty big one. Mr. Flint mm-hmm. Marco just sitting in his naked sand self. I love how weird he looks too. Like they like an the coloring on this issue is wonderful. Yeah, I know you're always talking about the coloring of the webs, but like the coloring on this issue is you mean the the webs, the green webs, the green webs with the mechanical arms. Uh, (laughs) uh, I love just how he clearly doesn't look right. Yeah, like he's not the right like he's not a flesh color. 
in yeah. any way, shape, or term. Like he looks weird and like kind of dirty. Yeah, like, this is how pig pen should always look. Yes, <laughs> and he's also got like a six head instead of a forehead. Yeah, he's got a he's massive dome. Massive dome, and like you said, they they go a long way, and that's that Bagley art, man. Like they go a long mm-hmm. way to make you know and understand that this guy there's something up with him there's something going on and uh agents carter and Wu find that out very quickly when they try to open up open up his cell and release him he just goes <sighs> sam ha- sand ham on everybody just so tight how the sand looks looks so awesome yeah and i love when they all uh are trying to recover and you see that he has basically just shoved sand down one of the agent's throats until he died yeah like Ugh, it is unsettling. And we see that Peter hung around. He didn't leave immediately. We see <laughs> in, the, uh, in the story, he kind of cuts back to him at home. But before he left, he does battle with Sandman. So yeah. in one night, Peter fought Doc Ock, Craven the Hunter. And trust me, we're going to get to him because I have thoughts. And Sandman... <laughs> All in one night. Yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man indeed. Let me just yeah. say. Yeah. It's funny they... because it, at the end of volume three, like the last few pages are Ock in the cell. Yeah. And like Wu and Carter are walking down the way and like uh, they're talking about like what a long night it was. And you really don't have a great context for that. Like you have yeah. what you think is a full context until you read this. You're like, Jesus, this is like the worst night ever. Like, <laughs> It's like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. God, they would want to go and work some shit out over wine. Yeah. I'd be done. And so, and I, I love when they, like somebody shoots him and shoots Sandman in the head and you see the bullet pass from his head down to his mouth and he spits it out. Love it. Wonderful. Really love well it. So tight. Uh, Spider-Man eventually uh, defeats him uh, or gets close to it by using the fire hose, which I love. That big full face spread was really I'm good. I'm sure when you tar- when you turned to this page, you were hoping that he was wearing the fireman hat. I really was. I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping. Then I hoped he was just gonna swing it and just toss it back, and just <laughs> just give me that Andrew Garfield. Uh, you were hoping that the police would show up and he'd be like, "The boy's in blue here." <laughs> hey, I'm swinging here. I'm swinging, I'm swinging here. here. <laughs> Andrew Garfield fucking rules. Um, <laughs> But eventually he is disarmed by one of the eggheads who gets who has like a little anti sand gun. And I'm just going to call it that because I don't know really how that works and they don't bother explaining it. So no, they so Spider-Man swings away. They take him into custody. And at the end of the night, we see that uh, Sharon Carter has finished her debrief. And everyone's just like, hey, look, everybody's locked up. And Sharon's immediately like. No, that's a problem. We mm-hmm. can't just put them all in the same spot. You guys mm-hmm. understand this is a problem, right? And they're just like, ah, whatever. Which brings us to Ultimate Six. <laughs> I love it just like, whatever, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love how much the Ultimate Universe respects women. Yeah. Um, Ultimate Wasp was eaten. I don't know if everybody knows that. Uh, that's everybody thing. should know that. Everyone should know about that. Ultimate she was eaten. and then she was eaten um so we uh we open up ultimates ultimate six with 
our buddy Max Dillon. Electro. And who's drawing I mean, these Electro. pages? <laughs> and who's please, drawing these pages? Please go into it. Joe Casada, baby. And let Look me tell you something. Go. It's good looking. Ooh. It's good looking, Joe Casada. This opening is real good looking. Oh boy, Richard Eisenhoff clearly coloring it. Like it, it's great looking. Damn. Hell yeah. Hell Damn. yeah. So we see that uh, we see that in the aftermath of Electro being defeated by Spider-Man, he's more or less been in a coma. Mm-hmm. And I love first of all, I don't know if we ever mentioned it. I don't remember me mentioning it. I love the fact that the scars on his face are in the shape of the little starfish mask. We did not mention it last time, and I'm glad you're bringing that up now because they make it really prominent. It's really cool. (laughs) I love it. It's cool as hell. And since he's been in a coma, his little patches of hair have slowly started to grow in. Yeah. I love that. Which is good. And it's a recurring theme in this volume, which I think is funny. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so... We see that he's recovering. He's awake now. He's like, oh, can't you at least let me like shave my head again? And they're like, ah, we can't deal with that. And he just, boom, explodes out. He is back to full power. He is zapped off all of his hair. And he goes on a tear. He's, this he's even man. better than he was before. Yes. Last time he wasn't able to like turn blue or anything like that. He just That's true. Like he just had like you know he he kind of looked like ghost rider you know yes. he had like the electric going on the head and stuff and like shooting bolts but this is like him like super powered up he's he's intense here well silver surfer looking guy just like yeah blasting yeah. his way through. in like the thinker pose yes <laughs> and this naked man is just blasting his way through downtown new york until he comes upon the ultimates and Woo! the way that the ultimates are introduced here it's terrifying. They're especially fascist as fuck. Fascist as fuck. <laughs> and like, especially with that, like what we just said about like this fitting so much more of a John Walker, Captain America. I oh, would be yeah. terrified with this Captain America standing over me. Oh yeah. This slab of beef man with the like shadow on his face where you just see like the smile. Just hearing <laughs> like, him say, the, the anger. we'd like to talk to you about where you illegally obtained your powers. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go nowhere with you. I want to stay yeah. here where there's witnesses. Yeah. I don't want any of this. Yeah. He's a bad guy. And then <laughs> we jump not just perspectives, but we jump artists to our good friend Trevor Harrison, and we meet up with Otto Octavius. And this is obviously some time has passed since the previous scene because Otto is talking about essentially him being more or less reformed. Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't have the arms. He doesn't have. Wait, you mean the arms? The, the arms, mechanical the arms. arms. So we then cut to the next uh next perspective and it's our boy max dylan again his hair is growing all kinds of patchy and then we cut over to flint marco so everyone is in custody and then we get to the man we get to norman osborne mm-hmm. and all of them are in this little containment field and i love the like the visual of this having their group therapy. I love it. This little bubble. And 
group therapy is being conducted by the man who is least equipped to be giving therapy to anyone. Ultimate Ultimate Hank Pym. (laughs) Just bad. The fact that they... It's a choice. They, it is a choice. You know what else is a choice? Our fashion icon of the week, Nick Fury, rolling up in his b-ball uniform. Woo! Nick Fury looking hot in every shot of this book. He I looks need, dope in every shot. I need this this tank top. This he's jersey, rocking. yeah, this, this tank, jer- this jersey yeah. that he is rocking. This Captain America. I'd be wearing jersey. that all the time. Dude. Same, same. The fact same. that my man just came off the court right now. Literally, he's just like rolling hold on. this. He's like, hold on, I need to go like torment my people. All right, yeah, I I'm need good. To smack Let me go drop twenty-seven more on freaking Jimmy <laughs> Woo over here. Exactly. <laughs> All from three. And, what a baller! And so we catch up with a little uh, little flashback here to Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter, who has not been seen publicly since his very public dismantling by Spider-Man with. Let me hear you say it. One punch. One punch, baby. One punch. Like Batman to Guy Gardner. Uh, mm. We cut into a talk show. A talk show being held with uh, our <sighs> no longer Australian Craven the Hunter. Ladies and gentlemen, we talked very candidly about what a great choice it was to make Craven the Hunter basically the Crocodile Hunter. And they have decided in their infinite wisdom, for whatever reason, it is no longer what what a great idea they had. They were like, no, let's turn him back into Russian Craven the Hunter. Yeah. Russian, bland Craven the Hunter. It's a little bit of a bummer. It's a total bummer. It's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. There's like, it's a regression of character and I don't like it. I don't like it as a choice. I think it was, I don't even understand the reasoning behind it. Like what, what possible reason would there be to mess with something that was as cool and as like, I thought revolutionary for the character to make him, you know, big game hunter, crocodile, Dundee, Craven. Listen, that's a thing with ultimates though. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I think we've talked about it before how Jan goes from being Asian to not Asian, just randomly at times. You're absolutely right. That's kind of just a thing with ultimates is that like, if it's, if it's not Nick Fury and obviously a black man, then like, yeah, it race changes a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't Which is a weird thing. Yeah, it's kind of a real bummer. And it also, like, I think the thing that bums me out the most is that it feels like such a disconnect because it's not Mark Bagley doing the art on it. Yes. So there's no real through line. It feels like, oh, it feels like a different This is a different person. Yeah. So I don't know. They're, uh, they hint that he's gone under some genetic modifications, which also bums me out because as someone who loved, the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon. I did not fuck with that version of Craven. I did not. I did not like Mr. And Lion now you know Man. where that came from. <laughs> and now I know where it came now you know from. Exactly where it came from. Ultimate Spider-Man: The Blueprint. Um, uh, real quick, just on the Craven line. Did you see the Craven casting this week? No. Not a uh, uh, Ariana Debose. 
who is uh, Anita in West Side Story. Right. Which I just watched yesterday and was fantastic. Um, oh, okay. She's playing like the female lead in the Craven movie, which I can oh. only, uh, Calypso, which I can only yeah. imagine is just going to be that woman from the volume. <laughs> that woman who shows up twice and then just playing. Which when I saw that, I was like, wait, she's nominated for an Oscar right now. <laughs> Why is she doing this? What? Like, that's though you know that what? Sucks. That's a hundred percent Sony's game. That's the same yes. thing they did with, with Andrew Absolutely. Garfield. They're like, oh, we liked that kid in social network. Let's make him Spider-Man. Absolutely. Absolutely. They get him. It's in. why you have Matt Smith playing vampire bad guy number one in No, Morbius. Matt Smith isn't in that movie. Matt Smith isn't in that movie because they are saving oh. him for something more important. God, that's the thing. You know, I mean, it's an easy joke to be like, oh, Ariana DeBose, you know, like getting a lot of attention for a role as Anita. What Marvel character is she going to play? <laughs> because that's 100% a thing. That makes sense. Yeah. Are you going to cast her as like the female lead in Craven in the Craven. Hunter? And not even Aaron Taylor Johnson? And not Come even on. go with like, like, fuck like off. the, <laughs> the uh, daughter of Craven. No, like, that would least, be totally At least make fine. that. I don't know. You yeah, know, no, the least they could anyway. do is just be consistent with Marvel live action and just kill Craven again in this film and then have Ariana DeBose pick up because they love killing Aaron they Taylor love Johnson, killing Aaron Johnson for no in reason. comic book movies. <laughs> yeah. They love doing it. They love it. Oh boy. But uh Best yeah. Quicksilver. Don't care what anyone says. You, you know what? After rewatching you, you Age know of Ultron. I'm right. You're right. You're right. You know I'm right. It's very he's true. He's one of he's one of three things that work in that movie. What are the he other, is one now of now I'm curious. Three. What are the other three things? I think that Clint works in that movie. Yes, hundred percent. And Ultron. To a lesser I, extent, yes. I I think the James Spader performance of Ultron is fucking brilliant. I think I would have liked it more if they didn't tell James Spader before his acting, hey, just be dickish Robert Downey Jr. See, but that's the point, is because they had the retcon that Robert Downey Jr. created. Absolutely. Get it. So I understand the, the choice. Perfect, he's just doing Justin Hammer. <laughs> I, I understand the choice. It's just a dumb choice. It's a dumb that's, choice. I completely that's agree. That's my problem. But with but, but yes. with the assignment that he was given, he feasted. He, he fucking he absolutely feasted. Did. It's the best performance. <laughs> it's so good. Speaking Those are the of, only three things that work in that movie. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of Avengers, the Ultimates roll up on Craven after Woo! he makes this very public announcement that he's going to continue hunting Spider-Man. And uh, he's genetically modified himself. Like, what yeah. the hell? What yeah, what a, He narked on himself. <laughs> he has no one to blame. What an idiot. So, of course, the super cops are going to roll up and be like, hey, super cops. God. Well, I mean, that's the thing about the Ultimates designs. They're they cops. look like a paramilitary force. They're a hundred percent cops. Like, look at those boots that's wearing. He's a cop. I know. He, they're they're like, absolutely he's cops. He's a cop. <laughs> they're absolutely cops with that they are they are the cops from the Watchmen miniseries. They're cops with masks. Absolutely. Like, that's that's what they are. And uh, so and so in natural fashion, uh uh Craven takes off like the lubricated man. And just but he doesn't away. get away. He doesn't, he doesn't slide into into a sewer grate because no. Clint has one of the best moments where he's yeah. just like, "All right, uh, huh. okay, right calf." And we just like the sequence. It, it's the same. You know what? It made me think of Guardians of the Galaxy, where 
Peter is running away from Rocket and Groot, and Rocket's just like, oh, okay. And he, like, throws this little thing. We oh, see yeah, the shot from his perspective as Peter's getting further and further away, and it just zaps him. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it is very much that. This so this he, also just feels, I mean, once again, I've been saying it from the beginning since he was cast, but, like, Jeremy Renner is just ultimate Hawkeye. Yes, like for 100%. sure. And this is 100% a Jeremy Renner moment. This is the Jeremy Renner bit in Age of Ultron. Yeah, I I love that moment where he's just like, no one would know. No one would know. <sighs> and then he goes off and he's just like, oh, I don't know. I did just, he was, you know, last I saw Ultron was sitting on him. Yeah, just, you know, it's just I, that. Like, And then, you know, everybody's got their, or they have this guy who's filming for some documentary and Jan's Asian again. Yep. I just pick one. Yep. Pick one and stick with it. Yep. That's all I ask. Preferably Asian Jan. Yep. But anyway, uh, so Craven's taken into custody, and oh shit, no, it's not Craven, it's Hank McCoy, because <laughs> they just decided let's just make him beast. He's a beast man. They don't even go full lion with it. Like that ultimate Craven sucks now. I'm sorry. Ultimate Craven sucks. Yes. Dundee Craven was better. I, I'm right there with you. I I love the series. I love the entire series. Agreed. One of the few biggest mistakes that they make is the choice of Ultimate Craven. Because I think the Ultimate Craven kind of sucks. But you need to have him in this group. Absolutely. Been enough, but and like, keep I get him it. as Dundee Craven. You treat keep him, him as Dundee Craven. Because the thing is, they take him. They give him all these genetic modifications, and they still treat him like a chump. They could have yep. done that and kept Crocodile Dundee Craven. That's the thing. They could have kept Crocodile Dundee Craven. Yeah. Yeah. It would have just been super. I mean, he's, he looks like a reject from the Thriller video. Like, he doesn't look super Oh, great. my God. It's so true. But, like, this, this, like, this panel where his, it's just his face, and he's like, I'm Craven. Ah! Like, he legit looks like a reject from the Thriller video. And you know what would have been so good? If they did this whole thing talking about like, oh yeah, he's genetically modified. He's like, he's now the world's greatest killer. And they roll up for this final battle and he gets knocked out in one punch again because of and course he lied he about it. Again? Yeah. Because he that of course he lied good. about it because he's a showman. That would have been really funny. It would have been incredible and kept Shit. that through line. That would have been that, really good. And he would have been once again the best character in the book. Like he was yeah. in the oh like he was the first time around. Yeah, but that would have been pretty awesome. Either okay. way, uh, Craven McCoy gets tossed in with all the other, uh, all the other sinister Inmates. five, and Nor Norman mentions like, "Hey, you know, why would he put all six of us in here together?" And Otto, who is in a, a parallel cell, is just like, "Norman, you're fucking like, I get it, like your mind's somewhere else, but there's only five of us here." And Norman. Norman's got a plan. He's like, nah, there's going to be six of us. Just you wait. So we continue on with. The did you know what was going on with that? No. Did you, did you see it coming? Okay. Had no clue. Okay. And I was I, very curious if you were going to see that coming. Or not. I, I'll be honest with you. I had no preconceptions of what cool. this was going to be. I was cool, like, good. okay, eventually we're going to get to six. We're going to yeah. get to six. And my mind's racing. I'm like, 
we got we still got Mysterio. We could do Chameleon. We could do Scorpion. Like we haven't seen these guys yet. And with the Craven connection, Chameleon would make sense. And like all of these, I had all of these different theories, and I didn't know who it was going to be. So the build up for this, I thought, was really well done. But uh, we continue with the therapy sessions. Um, we see that, and I love this. They talk about how Norman is now able to more or less turn into the goblin at will. Well, uh-huh. without the Oz formula, which is terrifying. Uh-huh. And there's a moment where he goes like half goblin and he turns all red and he's like, ah, and he looks just horrific because he's still got the Norman Osborne hairline just yep. with all this goblin, like which is weird. It's weird and uncomfortable, and I don't like looking at it. But Hank McCoy does what he does best, gets naked, and crushes people. So and... Ultimate Hank McCoy is just constantly bursting out of his clothes. And I swear I to God, feel... at this point in time, this is like the eighth time that that's happened. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like, it's kind of weird. Like, you... Dude, just wear your suit under your clothes. Just wear the God, suit. Damn. Like, like... Don't, like, I know that everybody damn, loves the visual, God. and he loves to swing his big dick around, but like, Hank McCoy... We yeah, don't need to dude. see it. We don't need to see it. I mean, it's it's big once he gets to that size. I assume. It still ain't that big. All right, you're right. You're right. I know so, what Ultimate Hank is packing. He ain't packing much. That man's a cuck, dude. And that was Under the Hood, a podcast within a podcast <laughs> where Malcolm ranks all of the Ultimate's junk. Tune Everyone in next week. knows that Ultimate Thor has the best paintings. Everyone knows. Um, Ultimate Thor is slinging cock, dude. For he sure. is slinging lightning, and he's slinging a hammer. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, a big old hammer. So tune in next week for more Under the Hood with uh, with Malcolm Russell Nelson. Uh, but... There might be some next week, actually. Oh shit! So <laughs> six weeks later, uh, the stuff is continuing. So we see that they are in custody for most of the last couple of volumes, um, and there's this dumb moment. I. What was it's the point dumb. of this? What was the point <laughs> of this? It's dumb. Max what Dillon's is the point like, of her doing this? Max like, Dillon's like, understand. hey, you know, you kept us in here. Can you at least sh- take off your top for us? And Sharon's like, oh, okay. And she starts but- unbuttoning her shirt. And she's like, psych. And I'm like, what was the point? Were you just trying to hit a page count? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I love that your ultimate Max Dillon right there was just uh, uh, uh what's his name hudson from aliens <laughs> hey show us your top hey, just do- hey i'm electro <laughs> show us your top <laughs> i'm gonna zap you <laughs> that's canon that's uh, it canon that's what that's he said that's who he is now. oh shit hey, i f- i found i found my sinister six impression <laughs> we all have one now we all have a spidey villain impression now but i i I got a i got a new york him up more it's like hey show me his top hey show me his his top hey i'm sparking here let me see a boob let me see a boob oh my god so that's electro i guess now oh Uh, that's so funny Oh man! You'll be the first. You'll be the first, skank. <laughs> That's his go-to. It's like you, skank. 
It's like yeah, a skank. He's a skank. It's a, he's, it's really, a, he's really from Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just a slightly younger John Turturro. That's yeah. like, hey, hey, I'm Electro. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that Transformers energy though. That's something. Yeah. Jersey isn't even that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's either from Jersey or Long Island. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, so uh we see that um I I've lost the plot. Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> so um, there's see, a meaningful look between Norman and uh Doc Ock, which is I was literally gonna say Norman and Osborne, and I'm so glad you <laughs> cut it before I could say that. Um Otto's basically like, hey, I want to talk. And so they have been trying, they've been needling all of them to be like, hey, like there's shit going on and we know you know about it. So we see that Otto wants to cut a deal. He right. wants to be part you know, of the solution. He's like, oh, I have so much remorse. I'm not that guy anymore. Like you've taken my arms away. And he's, and even H- Hank's super suspicious, but of course, mm-hmm. because he can't help himself, he's like, I got the solution here. Let's trust Auto Octavius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Hank always uh, makes the best decisions. Yeah, Ultimate Hank is just uh, the worst. I'm he's bad. I'm a Hank Pym guy. I like Hank Pym as a character. I think he's super interesting. Ultimate Hank sucks. Ultimate <laughs> Hank is bad and should feel bad. Ultimate Hank is bad and should feel bad. But you know who shouldn't? Ultimate Tony Stark, who is flying in on this page right here, looking like a bionicle, and I love it. <laughs> I think that's why I like that design. He looks he's like just, a fucking bionic. He's looking for the mask of light. That's all <laughs> yeah. he, he really that's all he wants. You remember that mask of light movie? Oh yeah, hell yeah. I watched the hell shit yeah. out of mask, I the mask the shit of light. Out of mask of light. Hell yeah. I had that DVD. Hell yeah. Yo, I played that. You remember the browser game? Uh-huh. That was like a tie-in for that. You had to like uh-huh. click around and run around. Mm-hmm. I remember that shit. Bionicles yeah. rule. Bionicles rule, man. That's that's and, Honestly, you know the what? more I think about it, that's exactly what he looks like. He looks they, like a Bionicle. Agreed. I'd never thought about it. They really missed the boat on not doing an Iron Man Bionicle line. They really <sighs> I, the amount of I money. think about that every time I see like the like how they have the Lego like yep. Iron Man. It's like the it's like the Hulkbuster one. He's a Bionicle, and it like it should just be a Bionicle. Yeah, like I, I think about that all the time. So if it's they, really funny. I never thought like, oh yeah, Ultimate Iron Man just looks like a Bionicle. That's it's the cr- shoulder pieces. Yep. The shoulder the, pieces the and, and kind of the mask. Right there, yeah. Like, it looks very much like I Bionicle never thought about piece. that before. But okay. If, if, they, if, they decide, if they decide to bring back Bionicle, do an Iron Man line, license to print money. Dude, hell yeah. Hell yeah. God, I love this armor so much. Ugh. That's so great. I think the, the gray. And I, red I and love gold it more so awesome. now after the Bionicle comparison. <laughs> I'm like, now I need it. Now I know. Need- I, I was the one person who was like so happy watching uh, Homecoming, Homecoming and seeing that, like, oh, they just used the same suit from Civil War, but they just but they painted it, it ultimate colors. I was like, that's the ultimate suit. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I, there's a, there's an armor in Iron Man 3 that visually takes a lot of the same. Yes. I think it's called the Heartbreaker or whatever. Yeah. It yes, like, yes, looks very similar. And I was like, why is he yeah. not in this? Yeah, I don't. I don't I care about your, you know, <laughs> your beige armor over there. Like, I want this one. Yeah. But nah. so uh, Nick Perfection. Fury's given a debrief to everybody. 
everybody who has the same haircut again and mm-hmm. um except for thor the thing i don't like about thor in this is just how disinterested he is in literally everything i kind of love that ultimate thor is just disassociated like he doesn't want to be there because this and is this is ultimate thor at a time where like he hasn't he hasn't taken up the reins of being like God a thor. person of asgard like that yeah. everyone knows you know like he's still going around being like a yuppie kind of and like trying to get people to like you know he's he's hippie thor quote unquote for the most yes. part except for when he's got to hit somebody and i love that like i think that's super cool yeah so he just has no interest in being a part of this military force like. <laughs> i guess yeah it, it just it feels kind of one note for me writing wise that's fair because every time they cut to him he's just like i don't care Whatever. it's better than like ultimate bruce banner who literally is just cucked the entire ultimates run yeah like, I, I i do love just i do love that later on after like the power goes out they're like oh man we had to put Mag- we had to you know put oh, Magneto yeah. under. we got him blah, 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 everything's cool it's like oh man what about banner it's like he was asleep he was asleep the whole time. he missed it like <laughs> But I love that they're like, he missed it. We sedated him anyway, just in case. I was just like, you guys case. are dicks. <laughs> yes. Ultimate Shield are the worst. So they basically talk about how, like, hey, you know, there is problems. These guys are genetic mo- genetically modified. Otto wants to blow the whistle on them. And at a certain point, Cap asks the real question. Uh-huh. Are these guys palookas? <laughs> Which I think is what we should have been asking all the whole time. That is what we because the have. answer is yes. Is yes. Everyone of these five people is a palookas. Putz. They're just absolute putzes. <laughs> these guys are all half-eaten ham sandwiches, and I don't appreciate them. How can you tell that it's a Bendis book? Words like palooka. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Peter Parker says a word later we're going to get to where I'm just like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> right. Peter Parker is <laughs> right. Jewish in the ultimate. He's honorary Jewish. Yeah. He is absolutely kosher. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, but Steve basically asks like, hey, you commissioned these experiments, right? And there's this long pause and Nick Fury's like, yeah. And Cap's like, all right, cool. I'm going to leave because if I don't, I'm going to make your bald head spin. I'm yeah, I like that he grabs his shield and then just fucking walks out. It's the it's the act of like, oh, he's grabbing a weapon. No, he's just walking out. Okay, interesting. <laughs> and <laughs> that's that exact in, moment. It's just yeah. like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Where's we my get Burt Reynolds, Tony, like, <laughs> hey, I'm here. And so we we cut back to Otto, who has been given temporary freedom into his into this lab to help them work on stuff. And then when the scientist is like, hey, we wanted to offer you something, he looks and the fucking arms are there. I'm like, what are you guys doing? This is a on what level do you think this wouldn't be a problem? Mm hmm. Because then we get this incredible monologue from Mm -hmm. Otto Octavius Mm -hmm. talking about how he feels the arms. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like, it's not a mechanical thing. He can feel that. Because they told him earlier that they had destroyed it. Yes. That they had destroyed them. And he was like, I knew you didn't because I could feel that. I could feel them. And he's like, he's like, you know, they're not like, they're not calling to me or anything. Like, I'm not crazy. But there's something I can hear them. And I love how this like this monologue 
pulls in closer and closer to his face and he's like you know i it's, it's very hard to me for me to explain you'll just have to take my word for it and it pans you get the out. fucking page turn oh one of the and coolest the, fucking page turns it's one of the things that bendis does best is this trick yeah this trick is him, a him and masterpiece in storytelling like him and kirkman so well know and kirkman. how to do page turns yeah and i am i i feel bad because we've been spoiled by these two writers for these two seasons of our book club and mm-hmm. whoever we do for season three is going to have a lot to live up to for their page. DC game. still play off pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> fuck. Uh, so I, but I love this because immediately, and maybe it's just because as we are literally recording this, I just saw the Batman before recording this, but I just picture like as this page turn happens, you get this quiet like Ave Maria, <laughs> just like panning over, showing I oh man because because you just watched Hitman two thousand seven with uh, Tim yes. Keller, right? You were absolutely correct. That's Excellent that's why pull. Ave Maria came up. Right? Excellent pull. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then it, it it shows all the arms through everybody's bodies, oh. including Hank Pym. Including Hank, like, Hank, Hank Pym. Shit. I was like, "Holy fuck!" They murdered Hank Pym. And then it cuts to Doc Ock, who's just smiling, like, and it's it's so satisfying. You're kind you of like, what? you know what? Good for him. That was and fucking you know cool. <laughs> Paul Dano would have been a great ultimate Doc Ock. Uh, yes, Paul yes. Dano. especially Dano now. Dano he's gotten, now. like a little thick. Yeah, yeah, like he's, he's gotten a little, a little thick, thick in the face. A little thick around the jaw. Ultimate, he would have crushed it. Yeah, um, he still can be. Still can. Uh, not gonna say why. Um, so <laughs> he, you know, we get that cut with Doc Ock, and then all of the lights shut off in the cells. And I love that everyone's like, "Oh shit!" And Electro's just like, "Hey, look at here we go, guys." He just strolls. His <laughs> arms are just like. Like he's about to do with the tango and <laughs> and everyone's like, oh shit, like the bars are down and they're like, oh, are the collars off? And Electro immediately blasts back into blue form to shave his head. He's like, great. I love that you see the hair coming off of him. Yes. That's the best part is that you see it flying off of him. It's like, ah, <laughs> I'd have to pay twenty seven ninety five for a cut like this in Jersey. But, but uh everybody's like okay all right i guess these colors are off and then we get osborne morphed back into hulk goblin which i know uh-huh. is not your favorite no i love i love it is, goblin, it is, dude. I think right it's, it's jacob jacob didn't like yeah it. i was gonna say jacob doesn't love it but i love um, it i think it's awesome it's, <laughs> it's it is striking every time it is striking and i love how everyone looks different um, yeah, but that's that's one thing where it's again, and I know I was harping on it earlier. Craven's just another guy here. Uh-huh. Like they have made Craven the most boring person in this group, and it fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to be there. He doesn't need. He's to be, only there point, in order to get it close to six. Yeah, he's there. For, he's a body. He's a body. But at the same time, like who else do you put in that room? Like, there's no other like ultimate threat that yeah, is we, behind bars or anything that you could put in that room. Uh, so, you know what? I think the enforcers count as one. So you could have put the enforcers <laughs> in there and it would have been immediately more interesting than this version of Craven. They're regular guys too. What's Ox going to do against fucking Norman Osborn? 
the same that Craven would. The same <laughs> thing that Craven would. Craven doesn't do shit in this book. Yeah. Except get shot in the that. shot in the calf. He takes an arrow to the knee. He does take an arrow to the knee. He used to be an adventurer. He used to be a true <laughs> blue Australian adventurer. Then he took an arrow to the knee and he's never been the same. Can I can I maybe make Ultimate Craven a little better for you? Because I feel bad at ruining it for you. I can don't maybe feel make bad, but sure, go for it. What if he's always been Australian and or I'm sorry, what if he's always been Russian and the fake Australian thing was a fake Australian thing? I so what if that was the performance? Is that he, you know, saw a crocodile dundee and said, Oh, I could do that. You know, and so he's just a Russian like scammer. I still don't like it because I because I think if he if he had decided, oh, this is the much more interesting version, stick with that version. Because you are as you are, Craven, not interesting in this. If I wanted Russian Craven, no, I just read six one six. That's fair. It's just it's a baffling and we've been singing his praises for this entire yeah. run so far. Brian yeah. Michael Bendis has not missed for most of this most up of it, until yeah. reverting Craven to his least interesting self. Yeah. I think it's kind of a bummer. And I love Craven. He's top five Spider-Man rogues for me. He's but your boy. Like, he's my boy. And that's why Aaron Taylor Johnson needs to be Crocodile Dundee Craven in the Craven movie. If they do that, best, best Sony movie they've ever put out. Scrap you everything know else. You know, it's stupid uh, that there's a Craven a Hunter movie coming. Anyway. <laughs> I will reserve judgment until I have been proved wrong that he's not Craven. Crocodile Dundee Craven. He won't be. Because he, he won't be. If he is, if he is. But just think about it. Think about a world where he is. Just for one moment. Just for one moment. Just jacked up Aaron Taylor Johnson with a little goatee just saying, G'day. I'm going to hunt a spider. Like, picture the world. But he won't be. But he. But what if he was? But what he if he isn't is? going to be? But what you if he is? I'm going to call my shot now. You know what they're going to do with it? They're going to make him Russian still. And they're going to use this as like, oh, he used to be like, like Sony verse version of a Black Widow. That's what they're going to do with this. 100%. I 100%. He's going to be like a former KGB or something like that. And, like, and you know I'm right. And you know that I'm right. You know what? Listeners, listeners, this is what we're going to do. We've never done this. We've never <laughs> done this. We've never done this. I am going to bet. Okay. I am going to. And, All right. and this is going to be public record. So I, you, I want people to hold me to board. this. If we do not get Australian Craven the Hunter... I am buying you a hardcover of your choice. Okay. Bet. And if we do get Australian Craven the Hunter, I will buy a hardcover of your choice. Okay. Bet. Bet. Here we Bet. go. Okay. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's on. Ladies and uh, gentlemen, Malcolm is going to be the proud owner of Absolute DC New Frontier. Oh, fuck. No. <laughs> fuck. No. No. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> I love a challenge, and like my icon Craven would say, it's a hunt. Gonna it's go a on a hunt. hunt. <laughs> it's a hunt. Maybe I like Australian Craven so much because I'm a Captain Boomerang stan. Maybe that's what it is. That might be it. That, that might, might be, be it. Either way, Captain Boomerang forever. So the ultimate five <laughs> breaks out of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. 
and we mm-hmm. get the reveal because this entire time Norman has been saying, bring me my boy, bring me my boy. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Cause I'm like, okay, Harry went under shield custody. We know he's there makes total sense. And at the very end of this scene, Otto's like, Hey, your boy, where is he? Like, where are they keeping Harry? And Norman goes, what are you talking about? My boy's name is Peter. Peter makes six. And I'm like, no! Dude, isn't that good? Great reveal. So good. Great reveal. Did not see it coming. A great reveal. But it makes complete sense because Uh this, you know, they talked about throughout this entire lead up to this that these guys are all put together because they are genetically, illegally genetically modified. Uh You know who else is? Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. yeah it makes total sense the pieces were there so good great mm-hmm. reveal great reveal and then that's when like they explode like that wing of each stallion yep and i think that's so cool like yeah that's a that's a great timing thing again this period of bendis is really good on his timing on his comics like timing of the page turns and the reveals and like the staging and everything that's beautifully staged totally agree except for russian craven except so- for craven uh we see that the ultimates are being called everyone is where they would be i guess uh you know thor's doing some you know humanitarian work yep Mm -hmm. janet's reading a book tony's macking natasha's taking her sixth shower i guess since this is the middle of the day uh Mm -hmm. steve's watching something and we cut (laughs) over to Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. No, what? We're moving on. So, the Triskelion. Tell me he's not. You think he's at home? like, Gail, Gail. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me unequivocally that you know he's not. Because we don't see anything from the sternum down. We don't. Oh my God. He's sitting in the dark. He's sitting in the dark. Oh my God. What is he watching anyway? So we You're see right. oh, we shit. see the aftermath of the Triskelion breakout. Ultimates are on the scene. Um, everyone's dead. And <clears throat> we go through the security footage. This Ultimate 5 just tore through the Triskelion. Like, people are dead. And so everyone's like, look, we need to figure out what their goal is. And then Fury realizes, oh shit, it's Peter. And then, ladies and gentlemen, 82, <clears throat> 82 pages into this, we are introduced to Peter Parker. I love that. Crazy. Now this, now, this is, to go back to the Andrew Garfield verse of stuff, the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Verse stuff, yeah. uh, Drew Goddard was going to do an ultimate, uh, a Sinister Six movie. Right. Uh, this is, I, I've never understood why you would do a Sinister Six just as themselves movie. That's always been a weird idea. But when they had announced that, I was like, you know what? If you do it like Ultimate Six, that makes sense. That works. You can find a way to do that. You have there be five. You say, okay, Peter is the sixth. And then halfway through, you do exactly this. You introduce Peter into the movie. Like it's the first time you've seen that character. Like yeah. it, it would work really, really well. And And this would have been the perfect way to integrate Garfield into the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like this would have been great. 
Oh, it would have been incredible. I still. Nick Fury just got everybody underground. Hell yeah. Everybody. So we see that uh, a shield agent rolls up and his name's Clay Quartermain. Oh, why does that name sound familiar? Interesting. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, no, he looks like a total Chad, though. Looks like a total Chad. He rolls up. He's like, Peter, we got to go. And he's like, I'm an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Nick Fury sent me to get you. Uh, we got to we gotta get out of here. And so Peter's taken to the Triskelion where he meets up with Fury. They lay down the situation. They're like, look, we've got this set up already. Your aunt's safe. Your girl's safe. We need you focused on this. And Peter, Peter and Nick, Nick have like a little back and forth. Really well done. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see that Norman has a has an in with the president of the United States. I love that reveal too. That's a that's a great reveal because you you know you just get this guy sitting at a desk. Yeah, he picks up the phone. He's like, "Oh, this is Stone," and then nothing from him, no dialogue or anything. I'm headcanning that that's Tiberius Stone. Ooh, for all my 2099 fans. Nice. Okay. I respect that. Hell yeah. I'm down with that. All right. So Tiberius Stone is here and uh, you just see his facial expression. You just see him start shitting a brick and he hangs up the phone, walks, gets to a door, puts his head down before he opens the door and then he opens the door and it's the freaking Oval Office. Like that's oh. a great pain turn again. Like, man, good ending for an issue. Yeah. He's crushing it. He's crushing so, it. So we catch up with our sinister, not yet six. And they're in a kingpin bunker in the Hamptons. Makes sense. All of them having stolen literally the clothes off the backs of the agents that they killed. I love that. I love that they look like they're like the bad guys in a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> like this, this for real looks like the set of bad boys too. Like it's fucking tight. Like, 100%. Right there on that beach is where they have like the face off at the end where like, you know, the, oh, the mind so shoots up. And oh, and and Martin Lawrence shoots the thing, and then Will Smith's like, "That's how you shoot. That's how you shoot." Like that's right. That's right there. Oh, that's <laughs> so true. I didn't even make that connection. God damn. So we see that the president basically got a call from Norman Osborn. Now we don't see who the president is, but because, you see the hair because because that's what Marvel does. But uh, see, but they don't do that with the Ultimate books. That's the interesting thing. That's true. Because they make it very clear that it's Bush. That is a good point. And you see the hair. You could tell this is supposed to be Bush. Yeah, very true. Uh, Bush too. Sorry, I should make it clear for listeners because they may not remember that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Nuclear. Nuclear Bush. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So he basically says Norman wants $100 million or he's going to blow the whistle on the fact that you kept him imprisoned unlawfully and illegally and seized all of his stuff and fury's like you ought to give a shit like <laughs> and it's, i listen i gotta be honest it's kind of baller <laughs> agreed Th- this is that this is that line from the first avengers where he's like i understand the council has made a decision but given <laughs> that it's a stupid stupid ass decision <laughs> i've elected to ignore it like 100 percent. and so uh he basically says like Look, I am gonna find this guy. President's pissed, and then 
Fury gets a call from Norman. And I think that's very interesting. Norman is in this place where he is acting, like you said, like a Michael Bay villain, where he's yeah. like calling the heroes, chatting them up. Yeah, it's kind of tight. Like, a little bit, yeah. Honestly, a lot of baller ass movements in this. Like, or like he's the the main mob boss from The Departed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very it's just good villain shit, you know? I love it. Just the no. just the phone call of just like the oh, this is fury. He's like, so I'm a priority now. <laughs> He's like, it's hope like, you enjoy prison as much as I did. And then God, like fucking dope. <laughs> and so Norman promises money and or infamy for all of the other members of this ragtag crew. And everyone's like, all right, let's do it. And uh, every, everyone has different, uh, everyone has different motivations mm-hmm. for trying to, trying to, do this job essentially but they are mm-hmm. all on the same page they're gonna this go- is this is your heist movie scene yes maybe that's why i liked it so much and and you read this and come on you can't tell me that you don't see john ham saying this shit absolutely like 100 percent. like this is this it's, is why is like this, he's my is, guy for norman it is the episode in mad men where it the episode is called sit out or it's close the door take a seat one okay. of my favorite episodes of television I've ever watched. Okay. They're basically like, hey, this merger for our two ad agencies is coming through, whether we like it or not. The other agency fucking sucks and they're going to have control over us. We are going to do a, a, basically a series of meetings, secret meetings with all the other members of our ad agency, and we're all going to fucking leave and start our own company. And the sequence of all of them, like, close the door, take a seat. Uh, is just it feels just interesting really really cool i love it and so we see that you know the ultimates are just ultimates are fascists we just have to we have to come to grips with that yeah um especially in this book they feel like they feel extra fascist yes i think that's a great perspective for like oh the ultimate six are the titular characters they are technically the heroes of the story Exactly. You know, like well, they it's, may it's not be perfect, the heroes, but they're the protagonists. But they are the protagonists of the story. Sure. I, I should rephrase that. They are the protagonists of the story, and so it makes complete sense. Like, oh, right. I want the as the reader. I want to feel like these are the guys I should fucking follow. Yeah. It feels correct to be like you know we see their plan and we see Norm come and be like, here's the deal. Nick Fury, he's an asshole. He's done. I'm taking him down. I'm burning him for everything that he's got. I want his money. And you guys are going to get paid on this too. Like it makes complete sense. Yeah. And this is how we're seeing all this. And it works really fucking well. Like- <laughs> yeah. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it with the whole heist situation, you know who would have been a great Norman Osborn? George Clooney. Mm-hmm. George Clooney would have been. George an- fucking Clooney would have been great. He could still be great. Honestly. He, you know what? Do him as older could. and that'd be fine. Absolutely could. He pops in. He's like, hey, Spider-Man, I'm the Green Goblin. <laughs> Green Goblin credit card. Never leave home without. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it makes sense because Osborne's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. He's like, huh, I'm not the Gray Goblin. I'm the Green Goblin. Green for money. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, this is why Doc Ock works alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
And you know what? We have Chris O'Donnell as Electro. Hey! That would be awesome. Chris, you know what? Awesome. Now that I'm thinking about it, Actually, a, it a mid-90s Chris O'Donnell would have been a perfect Electro. really good, yeah. With him doing his little, like, towel kung fu, his laundry kung fu. It's the car, right? Chicks, Chicks dig, dig the, the car. car. <laughs> it's the glider, right? Chicks dig the glider. We are casting... We are casting an Ocean's Eleven Sinister Six movie. Directed by Joel Schumacher. Directed by... Oh, man. That would have been fucking... That would have that would have been his magnum opus. That honestly would have been the greatest thing ever. Respect to Joel Schumacher. I mean, I mean if you want to get Jared Butler as, as Craven like I do, like, that's how that's, you do it. That's the like, time. Schumacher's your guy to do it. Like. That's true. That's the... A totally, like... You think... You think bat nipples was a thing? Craven is bare chested throughout the entirety yeah. of his comic book history. Yeah. Joel Schumacher would have had a field day. Oh yeah, he would have. And it would have okay. been incredible. Okay, your next pitch it. That's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, that's maybe not the next pitch it. I've got a next pitch it, but the one after Ooh. that, Joel Schumacher's Joel, Joel Schumacher's, Schumacher's Sinister, Sinister Six. Six? I'm uh, in it. You know what? Actually, I'm sorry. Joel Schumacher's Insidious Six. I think he would have yes, gone with the insidious name you're right, instead you're of right. sinister. I don't know. Would he have passed up on the alliteration? I think he would because insidious is a sexier name. You know what? You're right. You you convinced me on it. Joel <laughs> like, Schumacher's I, Insidious Six. Joel Schumacher's Insidious Six. George Clooney as Norman Osborn. Chris O'Donnell as Electro. Gerard <laughs> Butler as Crate. Mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger is uh as no, fuck it. Make, make Arnold Schwarzenegger Craven. Honestly, like, yeah. Yeah, just go for that. You're right. You're right. Because the, then he gets to make all kinds of animal punt. It's gonna be great. Oh, so shit. pitch it for another day. We're getting off the subject here. So why are uh, you lying? <laughs> stop! Stop! No! That would have been so oh, good. Oh god. That would have been so good. He like kill somebody and be like, that's one of the hippo violations or something like that. <laughs> that would have been amazing. I think we just made the best movie of all time. The greatest superhero movie to never be. Oh God. We're that might be that. it. We're, we're, we're going to do a full pitch. Uh, all right. Tune in for that. <laughs> so, um, so fascists break into uh, Craven's old production company, which would have been the production company that would have made this movie. Yep. Um, and I, I love the reason why, too, of like Osborne being like, oh, yeah, I, I got the distraction going. Like, what distraction? Like, oh, yeah, I, uh, I told him that you were going to be filming your TV show using your old production company. And Craven's like, so what does that mean? And then you get the page turn again of the ultimate just storming the place. <laughs> They got suckered into it. They got played so hard. Absolutely, I because just it. like our U.S. military, they are quick on the draw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, auto hacks into their systems, into the shield systems, and literally shuts everything down. Which means all the cells are open. Yep, including the Hulk and Magneto, which is yep. a problem. Or as yep. we established earlier. Not a problem. Not that much of a problem. Um, we real quick, we do get this after a really sweet like moment with Peter. True. Yeah, where he's watching the security screens. Like he's he's in costume, 
Quartermain even mentions like, hey, kid, you put on your outfit. And he's like, I, I should be doing something. And he's like, no, we got to hang him. Like, hang tight until there's something going on. And so Peter's just watching Aunt May on the screen. And he's watching and watching her. And he grabs the phone and he calls. And, and you know, is just talking to her. And it's just really nice that he's, like, checking on her. like while, And watching her while she's answering the phone. But it's, like, really sweet. Like, we know that they've had difficulty in their relationship. Uh, especially on May's end of their relationship, you know, and we know that like the lying has been pretty hard on Peter, but like this, this moment is really nice. Yeah. I was just like the, you know, he, he's really concerned. <laughs> and I, I love that, you know? And so he just calls and he's like, Oh, Hey, I just wanted to check on you. And she's like, Oh, where are you at? He's like, I'm at the library. Like, okay. Well, you know, I've, uh, I'm my wine class tonight. You know, there's dinner in the fridge and there's enough for MJ. If you want to have your little friend over, you know, he's like, okay, thanks. I, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. Uh, it's just a really sweet moment. Like I yeah. love that he doesn't call MJ; he calls Anna. Yeah, I I really love that he calls his mom. You know, uh, like yeah, absolutely. That is a really great character moment for Peter Parker in this book. That's not about Peter Parker. Like it's it's great. Totally agree, and it again furthers what we've been saying in that, um, in that Ultimate Aunt May. Ultimate Aunt May rules. Ultimate Aunt May possibly rules. one of the best, if not the best, versions of Aunt May. Yeah, like, I, I, I think she is the best version, and you will start to see. Not honestly, not too far from now, you're going to start seeing why. Hell yeah, cannot wait. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so the power goes out. The Joel Schumacher's Insidious Six breaks into the Triskelion. Mm -hmm. They take out everybody. They knock down Peter Parker and they're and fucking uh, I love this last page where Goblin drops on Peter. Peter is terrified. And he's just like, my boy. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's our friend uh Jason Momoa. Pop like, my boy. <laughs> I thought it was it was close to Kratos who's like, my boy. Boy. Oh, Christopher Judge would be great to voice Norman Osborn. Oh, this Christ goblin, Christopher this Judge goblin? as Goblin. Holy shit! As Ultimate Goblin, he would be a great pick. Dude, we do that balancing act. We have Clooney as we have Clooney as since it's the '90s. We don't have that technology yet. We have Clooney yep. as Norman Osborn, and we have Christopher Judge as the Goblin. As Goblin, shit, like that'd be awesome. Hell yeah, that would be awesome. So. We see uh, Aunt May getting out of her wine class, and she is picked up by Black Widow, who I can't stress enough, is an undercover villain. Yep. Cannot stress that enough. Yeah, um, but you don't know this at this time. We don't know it. We don't know that at the time. I'm no just, one knows it because this clearly takes place before Ultimates 2. Yes. Because Black Widow and Tony aren't together. Right. And in Ultimates 2, they've been together for a while. I can't, I just, I can't not see Ultimate Black Widow and be like, no, I know, bad. I know. It's bad. She's secretly planning, like, all this stuff is Anything. going on with Triskelion. Right. She's planning all this stuff too. She's like, like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I like, love oh, this shit, for me. This is exactly what I was going to do. Like, she's taking notes. Like, <laughs> yeah. So the Ultimates pop in and they're like, okay, we don't know what's going on. Magneto's down, Banner's down, we're good. They took the kid. And we flash over to Peter. And he is woken up by the arm. <laughs> a little nudge from the arm, which is really cute. It's just like a little like, hey, little hey tap. wake up. Like, it's so cute. <laughs> You've been asleep a long time. And Are you sleeping? 
Peter wakes up and immediately gets socked on the jaw by Hank Craven and is then, you know, he hits the ground. Uh, Auk disables Craven because Ultimate Craven's a chump. And he's a chump. And Norman just continues to call him my boy. And I just, I, my boy. And I, I am as confused about this as Peter is. Uh, but Norman, Norman explains us the explain the explanation. Yeah, he's just like mm-hmm. basically Otto and I are your two dads, which is incredibly progressive for the Especially ultimate universe. Norman Osborn, like, absolutely Norman Osborn, who seems exactly like the kind of person to call someone the F slur. Like absolutely, very progressive for him. Like <laughs> you know, the ultimate universe at the forefront of change. <laughs> I can't even say for it. Norman to come in and be like, you know, you know, Otto's your dad and I'm your father, you know, and it's like it's it's really interesting. I don't know, it's, it's bold. It, it is, it is. It's a bold new direction for Norman Osborn, and I love that for him. You know, he's got to have something, and so something. everybody's kind of getting ready to go out into the world and come out as the Sinister Six. Peter tries to break out and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you guys. And Norman's like, not if I kill your aunt first. And I love, I look ultimate Norman always hits people with the flat statements. Yep. Cause Peter's just going on this rant and then Osborne just holds up his hands. Like your aunt may will die today. Like just, that's it. <laughs> your aunt may will die today. He's literally, he is talking down his kid because the next yeah. panel is, and then if you still can't behave, I'll kill, I'll kill your little girlfriend, Mary Jane. Yep. Like um, then her family for the symmetry of the whole thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when I was a kid, my dad threw out one of my favorite toys because I was being a shithead, and it was this talk. Yep. He's like, if you don't calm down, I'm gonna throw this toy away. Yep. And it's like, it's exactly that tone. So I, I was immediately triggered, folks. But yeah, I can understand that. It was. If you ever talk back to me like you just did. Yeah. Like, do we understand each other? My first choice is to embrace you and respect you for the young man I know you are destined to be. But if you, Peter, talk like that to me again, I will punish you. Like, it's it's very upsetting. <laughs> yes. I I would feel super uncomfy with with someone who is very clearly not my father talking to me that way oh yeah it's like mm -mm. stranger danger like i don't yeah Yeah. i don't like this you're not my dad you're not my father you're not my daddy i don't no thank you yeah he's trying though he's trying to be his daddy he's trying to be his daddy um and so we get this great scene of aunt may just reading the riot act to these shield agents basically like where is my fucking nephew? Like, where is my son? I I am going to burn this place to the ground if you do not produce my boy. Yeah. Yeah. She she's doing what Norman Osborne was doing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but for the right damn it, reason. You got me. But for the right uh, reason. But isn't that interesting? Like yes. they're they're very similar energies there. Yeah. <laughs> just give me my boy. Like, just give me my boy. I, he's mine. Give me my boy. Where is he? Like, it's very similar energies, which is really interesting. And so we see that uh, Fury is watching the whole thing, keeping an eye on everything. And then there's this moment where he just, like, stops. He's like, what? And he turns around and Cap's <laughs> just standing there, just giving him the side eye. 
I love it. And <laughs> just Jesus, Steve. What? What is it? What can I do for you? <laughs> and he's standing there with like some fucking rope. Like just standing yeah. there with a bunch of rope or cable. Yeah, he's uh he's Norman Reedus in uh, Boondock Saints. You know? Yes. I need, to, I need to rewatch that movie. with this fucking rope. <laughs> fucking rope. Uh, so they have this conversation where Cap is, and I love this, and then the later conversation that the two of them have, yes. where he's just like, "This is what we have to show. You have been trying to replicate me for decades, and this is what we have to show for it. Like, this is not what I." was hoping to leave behind as my legacy when I signed up for this program. And Fury hits him with like, dude, this doesn't have anything to do with you. Like if if it wasn't you, if it wasn't a super soldier and it was a different weapon, we'd be all focusing on that weapon. Like you are not special. You are a weapon that was created that people want more of. That's just what it is. And it really does speak to the two different ideologies of, you know, that very black and white heroes versus villains era uh-huh. and today is much more morally gray era yeah yeah it's a I, really good conversation yeah again a really nice cool down moment in this story arc which has been like really big like and clearly setting up for something really big yeah and it's a really nice cool down right beforehand but just like the listen let's bring this down to best like brass tacks like let's figure out what we're on the same page for here because yeah. <laughs> like, we need to be on the same page if we're gonna yeah. do this yeah we need to do this like you need to understand what's actually happening here like yeah it's great great scene meanwhile nightcrawler is attacking the white house and <laughs> we see... <laughs> no uh the the sinister six has arrived at the white house they blow through the security detail and the national guard that has been called in to protect the building and we get this full page spread of the six all together the six and poor poor peter who doesn't have his mask but is in his spider-man costume yeah which is already kind of just it's a problem there's a lot of anxiety there about that he looks scared shitless terrified because the other five the other four and leave Craven aside are badasses. Like they are genuinely awesome. Something (laughs) that I, I really actually like as well. Goblin wearing pants. I don't know what it is about it. Like I I liked his, I like his Etrigan get up. But yeah, the fact that he's wearing pants like civilized folk. Yeah. It's cool. Makes him actually resemble one Hank McCoy. And yeah, the terrible person he is and actually they're probably <laughs> on the same level now and yeah you're right so we see the six make their way into the white house but who shows up team america with with one of i think one of the best pages one of the best drops ever and it's my zoom background today it is of captain america pointing his finger right at the screen saying you're trespassing, which is tight. <laughs> like, bitch, we are ready to throw down. Here Hi. we go. It's so good. And then we get this incredible double page spread to start off the big battle. Mm-hmm. I love this shit. Oh, I yeah. Lo- everybody's going up. Electro is like, fuck you, Thor. We're going to fight now. And the, 
Is that a god of thunder? Oh, man. A... We only get rain clouds in Jersey. I ain't seen a real thunderstorm in my life. They call me the Jersey Thunder. <laughs> Not to be confused with Oklahoma City, because that's a different... Anyway. That's a different thing. I don't Come even like basketball. Yeah. I'm well, I guess at this time we're still guy. the Seattle Sonics, but either way... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, I I love I just love Cap in action. I love him in action poses. Yeah, me and too. Seeing him dodging and... out of this big old punch from the oh, goblin, yeah. oh, who yeah. is Hulk size, legs like, spread like he's using like his shoulder to hop over yeah. it a little bit. Oh. It's it's kick ass. I love the ultimate Captain America uniform. I I do too. I, I love I it. Love it. I love it even more in Ultimates Two, where it's turned into that little helmet. I, yes, I that was the first time that I really liked the the chin strap helmet. Yeah, I was like, oh, you know what? That's actually a really good pick. Like yeah. that makes a lot of sense. That's pretty cool. And I, Especially but with I, how I militarized this is. Yeah, yeah, totally dig it. Uh, fun fact: this was my first ever cosplay. Was this version of Captain America? Really? There are pictures. Yes, I would love to see those pictures. I love that costume. I am a big fan. Big big fan. Um, Hell so yeah. They are basically this whole battle is raging and Peter is just like standing off to the side watching it. It's Peter is doing the thing from the uh, listeners will remember this from the Spider-Man Web of Shadows uh, game trailer where Spider-Man is walking through all this chaos around him as uh, I don't remember the name of the song, but it's a classical song that's playing on the piano. Who can say when? <laughs> Not that one? Not that one. Not that oh, okay. Sorry. Not that one. Not that one. I think it's the My Neck, My Back. Oh, wait. No. I don't think it's that one. <laughs> Especially not in this situation. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So uh, Peter is just kind of observing this whole thing as everything is going on and i just i love it he's just got this wide-eyed expression as he's just like oh my god i am yeah. he has never felt more like morty from rick and morty and he's like yeah. oh geez it's just all i hate when there's this big battle going on oh man what's a guy to do oh man and then at a certain point he's like Okay, I guess I gotta. I guess I gotta fight for the six. And so he starts wailing on Captain America. Yeah. But Cap, you know, is able to talk him down. He's like, "Look, we've got your aunt." And Peter was under the impression this entire time that Norman had his claws on his aunt May. Uh huh. And when he says, "Like, you have her, you promise," he's like, "I promise." You swear. And Cap looks at him. And he's just like, kid, like gives him that assurance. I love that. That is so well done. This double page spread is masterfully done. Masterfully done. This whole sequence is fucking fantastic. Uh, it's it's so good. It's just the dramatic posing of all of it too. Yeah. Because that's when, that's when Peter like loosens up, disengages from Cap slowly like just turns his head you see his face like in shadow but you could tell how fucking mad he is yeah and then he starts walking very slowly up to my woman osborne and she's like hey little sprout and then just pops osborne was just like parker i told you to and he fucking sure you can's him into the sky 
It's so cool. And saves Hawkeye's life. Yes. Because Norman was about to skewer Hawkeye. <laughs> he was about to kill this poor man. He was about to burn his balls off. Jeremy <laughs> Renner owes him his life. It's true. And he straight up just hits him with a KO, knocks him up into the air. That's what I love oh, about it. So that solid uppercut that knocks him into the sky. Yeah. And then Craven's just watching. He's like, oh, oh, look at people actually doing something interesting. Huh? Oh, wow. And then Peter gets just yeeted by Doc Ock into the White House. And this is one of my favorite moments of the volume because he crashes through. He he hits him with a Ochi Mama again. Ochi Mama. There it is. There's Bendis. There it is. And then he all of a sudden looks up and he's like, Oval Office. Huh. Now, I, we all know that the Oval Office has cameras, right? Come on, absolutely, like the absolutely. Oval Office has absolutely. So the president totally knows who Spider-Man is now. President, anyway, well, I just want to well, the president knows what he looks like. I don't know if because uh, we've yeah, established that like. you don't like knowing what he looks like is very different than knowing his identity. Yeah, no, he usually point. follows that up with telling people his name. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, and then president we get this... say Peter Parker in the Oval Office. Can you imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> Peter Parker, who lives on 44 Gray Market Street in Queens. Oh, Peter Benjamin imagine? Parker, whose social security number is 091-2222. Goes to Midtown High all the way to the White House. Wow. <laughs> wow. Can't believe wow. it. I can't wait until my third grade teacher, Mrs. Crabapple, learns yeah. about this. You it's a good thing they don't have cameras in here or they'd be really shocked to learn that my Aunt May and I live together and that the only people who know my identity are so-so, so-and-so, and so <laughs> I actually have a list right here. I'm just going to leave it I'm right just going to read it out real quick just for my, just for posterity for me. Peter's bad at this. You know who isn't bad at this, though? The Wasp. The Wasp Janet Van Dyne single-handedly takes out Doc Ock. Yeah, like, in the grossest way. Yep, diving down through his throat would not be the last time that she ended up in a villain's mouth. Um, That's not what I thought you were going to say. <sighs> what did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say it's not the last time that someone's a dog <laughs> I mean, you would know better than I would. I haven't read this series. <laughs> but... Uh, so it's like the arm orgy is coming up it's really oh weird one, no but, you know volume 12 just get ready for it story uh, how <laughs> how could it possibly but anyway um craven goes after uh peter gets murked because russian ultimate russian craven fucking sucks huh? um, he gets murked with with freaking like uh, 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 ricochet. Yeah, it's a ricochet lightning bolt from Electro and Thor's fight. He gets taken, which is down completely by off screen, by the way. Completely. I just want to mention that we don't get any of Electro versus Thor, which I think nope. is a missed opportunity. Yep. If for nothing else, to be like them just up in the sky, like, no man, you don't even know. You don't even know how good I am. I'm so freaking Sparky. I got so much lightning. <laughs> you don't even know, dude. How many? The best. How many? How many watts is that hammer you got there, man? It man, feels, you don't even feels know. Like an eighty-eight. I bet it's an eighty-eight. 
Yeah, I'm at least honey. a 92. <laughs> Get I on like my these level, man. George McFly a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of turning into cool George McFly. It's like, hey, you. Get your damn hands, hands off, off her. her. Like, it's a little bit that energy. <laughs> you know what? If we can't get Chris O'Donnell, just get in. Uh, we can get Crispin, Crispin Glover. Glover. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie's Crispin. Angels era Crispin Glover. <laughs> Let him be Electro. He, he would have been a good Electro. Would have crushed it. So we see that uh, Stark is dealing with Sandman. Uh, and I guess we just saw off screen he developed this i guess uh he has a genetic overload gun built into his armor now and he can lock onto the genetic signatures of the ultimate six and so he blasts sandman and overloads him until he bursts love it meanwhile uh everybody else has now focused down on goblin and goblin is tearing their shit up until harry osborne arrives which i have to ask how did he get there? What do you mean? How did they did they drop him off? Yeah, like they like I mean he was probably on the helicarrier. The helicarrier is just a, is just did we establish them. that that the helicarrier is above them? No, no, no. That he was on the helicarrier. No, but that's totally a Nick Fury thing. Jesus, yeah, such you're a Nick right. Fury you're thing. right. You're right. That's I just, that's so Nick. <laughs> that's. It's a future I can see. Uh, That's so Nicky. It's mysterious to me. That's so hell yeah. Hell Raven yeah. Simone. Raven Simone is Nick Fury. Fuck yeah, Nick I'd Fury. Watch that. She'd crush I'd watch it. The shit out of that. Uh, and so Harry's there. He pleads with his father, and he gets through to him. He's uh-huh. starting to get through to him. Norman starts to power down until. Tony decides, no, hey, I'm just going to make this worse. Let's do this. In Tony's defense, he does give call outs of like, I have a lock. I'm going to take the shot. And he takes a second. But no one responds, which is a real problem. Yeah. And he doesn't wait for confirmation. Mm -hmm. But he he does follow proper protocol there. I will give him that due respect. He still fucks it up, though. Pulls a real Star-Lord moment. Movie Star Lord, not not comic Star Lord. Movie Star Lord. I need to make that very clear. Comic Star Lord never would have made those mistakes. Uh, uh, certain comic Star Lords would have never made that mistake. You're right. Uh, Annihilation Conquest Star Lord would have never made this mistake. Hell no, nah, he wouldn't have. Because he's a fucking professional. Anyway, he's a competent um, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, Tony shoots his overload cannon at Norman, and Norman becomes Swamp Thing. And slash Clayface. <laughs> he becomes Clayface. Yeah. Yeah. He Clayfaces out. It is horrific. It's scary. And I especially, love like Harry's reaction. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Especially like that double page spread where we see him just like blossoming out his left side, uh, like turning yeah. into a dinosaur. They keep doing this to him. That's the bummer. It's like yeah. this keeps happening it's to him. It's the Norman. second time he's been overloaded. Yeah. You're right. If he had a nickel. For every time his genetic code has been overloaded, he'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice. That's 10 haircuts back in the day. That's actually 15 haircuts over in Jersey. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Right this second. (laughs) 
speaking of Max Dillon, we see the conclusion of the Electro and Thor Sky Battle. Love it. And I love that they can't tell who won. Yep. They just see it's two a, I mean, bodies. It, it's a good it's a good comics trick. Yes. It's it's a it's a comic trope for sure, but it works every time. Of just the seeing two bodies, one of them's falling. And you're like, who is it? Is it our guy? Is it their guy? Is it our guy? Is it their guy? You gotta get ready. Everybody get ready for it. Everybody get ready for it. And then you find out. It's it's our guy. It's our guy. It's Thor. <laughs> Thor comes down. Everybody's like, oh man, this is crazy. Peter goes to Harry, his friend. And he's like, you didn't deserve any of this. And he hugs him. And Harry just says, I'll kill all of you for this. So good. This is, this is Dane DeHaan, Harry Osborn. This, this is, is exactly it. When they this, cast Dane DeHaan as, as Harry, I was like, oh, that's perfect casting. Chronicle Dane DeHaan, this is like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to see what this Harry Osborn does. Uh, They take him back into custody, I assume, because I guess he's just been living on the helicarrier. Um, And then we get a nice little uh, four panel spread where they go through the uh, members of the Insidious Five uh, talking about basically like Craven's in custody and he's like, uh, Leeson, Leeson, Linda, Leeson, I was under some kind of mind control. And I'm like, fucking (laughs) shut up, dude. I hope we never see Craven again. I hope we never see Craven. And I hate that. Craven is a top five rogue for me. I'm sorry, man. I totally forgot that they do this. It really bums me out. Because the only ultimate Craven I think of is literally just in that story. It's Dundee it's Craven that, or Bust. That other, yeah, like, it's, it's Dundee Craven. That's all I think about when I think of So I, I totally forgot that this was a thing. I'm sorry, man. That's all right. What a bummer. It's okay. We make up for it with Electro. He's like, see, yeah, I, was just, I was just biding my time. Biding my time till I could, you know, overpower Osborne. I was yeah. on your team the entire time. You know, I got tickets for Newsies. You guys want to go see Newsies? I hear it's pretty good. I hear that Christian Bale kid's going to be somebody someday. (laughs) The idea that the only version of Newsies that he'd seen is that. But he's never seen another Christian Bale movie. He's never seen it. He's like, I don't know who that Christian Bale kid is, but I think he's pretty good. (laughs) And so we see... uh, uh, Flip Marco, which I think is horrifying, is now just being kept in separate containers. Makes sense. It makes sense, but it is What still, else do you do with that guy? But it's, it's very upsetting. Yeah, it is. And then we get 2022 Paul Dano Riddler, who is sitting... <laughs> You're lying. Like, seriously, that's what, that's what this is. Yeah. And again, maybe it's just because I just watched that movie, but like... Ock is sitting there and he's just like, where are my arms? Where are my arms? And they're like, we fucking liquidated that shit. Yeah. And he says, you're lying. I can feel them. I know you're lying. And they're like, dude, no one cares. Fuck out of here. And he, they all leave and we just see him resign to, he's like, I can feel them. And I love the reveal in that next panel. They're uh-huh. like, where are his arms? Oh, about 30 miles from here at a shield lab. Better move him. Yeah. Further away. Yeah. Like, oh, I love that. Uh, We see that Jan is checking in on Hank, who is stable. 
Uh, we see that Peter's being brought to Aunt May. They've basically been telling her that Peter is there in the same facility. They're just being kept apart for security reasons. And they finally get to come together. And the relief mm-hmm. on her face. Yeah. So good. Two of them embracing. They're like, yeah, we're everything's okay. We're, we're back together. He's in custody. Okay, just just take us home. Please take us home. And then we get my favorite scene where Osborne, who is still half Gabo, who has been overloaded, is being, you know, loaded up. And Cap, ultimate Cap, he doesn't fuck around. He's like, we should just put a bullet in the back of his head. Like, we should be done with this. Mm-hmm. This is like, we won. He's a danger. You know he's a danger. He just broke out. Mm-hmm. We cannot keep him held. This is going to be a problem again. And Fury's just like, no, we got to get more of his genetic code. Which to me, I'm like, you have his genetic code. You have all of his information. You're fucking lying. You're a fucking liar. You skeeve. And And Cap kind of calls him on it too. He does. And I love this. Because the next war is going to be a genetic war. Fury's like, that's right. And and I I just want to read this because I love this. Oh, yeah. It's great. He's like, you know, being a veteran of war being a creation of war it occurred to me that really it's men of influence and power that decide what these wars will be about they they decide who we're going to fight and how we fight them and then they go about planning the fight in a sense really these people of power will the war into existence and i love absolutely adore this because they have been making this argument throughout this entire story Uh i haven't touched on it before but they're basically saying like of course we need to keep these guys in custody like because eventually one of our enemies is going to get their hands on genetic stuff and then we're going to have like we need to be ready for the fight and steve makes and this is again a very non-ultimate steve moment no this is 616 steve rogers where he's just like like the only reason that the next war is going to be a genetic war is because you're willing it. Yep. Like it wouldn't be this without you're itching for the fucking fight, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. And Fury has nothing to nothing fucking say to him. Uh huh. Because he knows he's right. Is it, that plays out like the end of like a two thousands movie? Yes. Like really well, it plays out just very much like the end of a movie. It's kind of like the end of a Michael Mann movie. We're like, you know, like there's yep. the walk away and then, you know, the pull away and you see the helicopter, the helicopter. In the sky, and we you get hear some, the sax going. I was about to say we get some sax with some synth. Like, Hell and yeah. then directed by Michael Mann. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, we get some incredible the midnight music going like. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Shout out to Matt Draper. Uh, yeah, this perfect ending i i loved this i loved this volume the grave of it all right? aside like i really really dug it so and i love that it's in its own separate thing like i yes i'm glad that they include it with ultimate spider-man and repackage it with ultimate spider-man because it is part but, of the story ultimately but it is also a very big ultimate story yes since there isn't a ton of ultimate stories like there's ultimates one two and three like and this right. comes in between one and two so otherwise, all their stuff is just like guest appearance stuff. And so they put it into like 
special mini series like this. And I've mentioned it last week, like yeah. Ultimate Wars, like the Ultimates versus the Ultimate X Men. Right. This is Ultimates versus Ultimate Spider Man. So it's Ultimate Six. Like, I love that they did this. I think it just made it feel like a big event. Yeah. And it plants the seeds for a lot of stuff. Like, I, I think we In mentioned both it last week that, like, eventually it's revealed, spoiler alert for the Ultimate Universe, um, that the X Men. Yes. Were also like genetic mutation, genetic, genetic mutations. experiments. Yes, because you know, trying to replicate like this sets the stage for all of that. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's very, very cool. I wish it had been as good as this. Yeah, going forward. Yeah, because uh, the Ultimates are never really the same after this and after Ultimates two. No, so no, it's unfortunate. But yes. uh, yeah, so as we're wrapping up here, um, wait a second. Uh, hold on, I'm getting a call. Oh, that's the weird. White House. Shut up, no way. Dude, who would be calling really? from the White House? That's interesting. I'm gonna put it on speaker. Hold on. Hey guys, look. Um, I just I just got away for a brief second. Uh Doc Ock just threw me into the Oval Office. And hey, I'm in the Oval Office right now. <laughs> this is the first time a civilian's been here since like an insurrection. Am I right? Okay, sorry, bad that subject. Anyway, I really need to let you guys know that this volume was amazing. It was, this is the best volume that has come for me because of just how much I love the Sinister Six. The Sinister Six is definitively my favorite villain, even though it doesn't technically count as a villain, but cohesively as a whole, these six villains um, is always a, an obstacle for for spider-man and i always think for think of them as one entity um uh, because like these villains always seem to uh remember that spider-man is the main obstacle and if and in groups you know uh, it works better against him um even though spider-man always triumphs in this in this way uh this was amazing just seeing you know the the, the avengers or the ultimates in this case uh working with spider-man um the fact that spider-man is the sixth villain and here i was thinking like maybe we'll like oh maybe a, a vulture or like a mysterio might pop up or somebody and it's like no it's uh it's it's my boy it's uh it's uh it's it's norman recruiting peter for the sake of just like if you don't join us we will kill you um it's brilliant. This 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 arc of just following through the villain side point to the point of like finally Peter isn't even in the focus or in this comic until about like four or three issues into this, and um, which is brilliant because all I kept thinking about this whole volume was this was probably the prototype for the Sinister Six movie that they had planned when uh, Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man was going on, and I would have. 100% been behind this just for the fact that it would technically be an alt, uh, sinister sex movie um there with that said i there, there's only i don't have much time because they they're, they're already calling me um the they're wondering where i am right now and i can hear footsteps and people infiltrating the the the, the white house right now this was uh, this is my favorite volume um, you, the, the dynamic and, uh, and, uh, um, wordplay in this wordplay, I mean, dialogue of this place, of this comic is fantastic. Um, the, there are many multiple favorite moments. Uh, it was, uh, Otto, uh, 
Otto being with his arms and like monologuing and thinking like, maybe this might be mentally and then pulling away and all of the guards are just impaled by his arms. It was brilliant. It was just, it, it actually shocked me for a split second going like, what is he trying to do? Uh, there's that moment. There was also, you know, find, uh, Peter Parker finding himself in the Oval Office and just having this little like real, uh, realistic moment. But for me, for me, I'm going to read this. This is the most prolific moment in this volume that strikes, that struck me so hard right here. And it's at the very end when um, Captain America is with Nick Fury and he says, right, where, where they're containing Norman Osborn in that like giant metal cell and, and Captain just says, right, the, the next war will be a genetic war. And Nick Fury is like, that's right. And then Captain just has this moment and says, you know, being a veteran of war, being a creation of war, it occurred to me that really it's, that really it's men of influence and power that decide what these wars are, will be about. They decide who we are going to fight and how we will fight them. And then they will go about planning the fight. In a sense, really, these people of power will the war into existence. That is pretty much the statement for this year. This, this, what has happened in our world and what goes on, it is amazing how much our, our material, our, our, in, our media influences um, still resonates 20 years later on what's going on. And um, that was the hardest, that was actually the most, that, that actually broke me a little bit for just having Captain America say that. And with that is, I think is the most, uh, most powerful volume we've had so far. Maybe it is because of the times being what they are, but honestly, with, with, with the state of being of things, it's amazing how you can, you can reflect on just every volume here that happens when we keep, uh, as we keep going through all this. Oh, okay. Um, so the, they're pounding at the door. I got to get back. Uh, um, please stay safe. Whatever you do, uh, don't go to Washington right now. Okay. Uh, bye. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, huh. I hope he's okay. He, that sounds like a lot, man. There's a lot going on. I hope he's all right. That sounded rough. Really bad. I haven't even checked the We've been recording here, so I haven't been checking the news. Oh, shit. There was a big old superhero beatdown over at DC. That's strange timing. That is an interesting coincidence. Weird. Well, anyway, I'm sure when we see Jacob will tell us all about it, but... Malcolm. stay safe man yeah stay safe dude like that's jeez yikes Hang so, in there. uh so as we're wrapping up here malcolm what was your favorite part and what do you think about the volume as a whole i love this volume ultimate six is so good uh i just love like the treating of the of the sinister six uh as a really big time universe threat um i like that the ultimate universe is small enough at this point that when you have a grouping of six villains or five villains at one time, it garners like, hey, this is a huge threat. 
that the Avengers need to be called in for. Like, I, I think that's really, really cool. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I love this volume. I think it's wonderful. Uh, my favorite part of the volume, I'm going to be honest, it's all of the Norman Osborn stuff. I, I think Norman Osborn is so consistently wonderful in this series. Uh, I think Bendis has such a great handle on that character. And I mean, we, we know from like the 616 stuff that Bendis has an amazing handle on Norman Osborn as a character. And that really starts with this and the understanding of how like ultimate Osborn works um, and carries over a little bit to 616 Osborn, which I think works very well too. But uh, yeah, probably honestly, like favorite scene scene would be, uh, would be the, okay, here's the deal. Nick Fury screwed up. He held us underground, <laughs> imprisoned us without any permission from anybody. No one knew. We're going to burn him for it. We're going to fry him. He took all my stuff. I want it back. Like, I, I love the getting the gang together. Uh, it's great. It's, it's the heist move. Like, it's awesome. But the heist is, instead of a heist, it's just let's burn down the White House. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Honestly, I, I didn't know what to expect with this. I mean, you always love the Sinister Six. It's yeah. a great grouping. Yeah, it's always it's cool it always hell. feels big when they show up, deservedly so. Mm-hmm. Um, but did but I did not expect this to be the to be like you said. It's basically you know <clears throat> a heist film about the Sinister Six. Yeah. Like I didn't expect them to be the protagonists of this, but I loved it. That was really really cool. Um, I was not sure how I was going to feel about the Trevor hair scene changeover because I've just gotten so used to the Bagley stuff. But I yeah, think how helps. did you like that? I think it helps to sell that this is like a big deal. And it yeah. almost feels like this is a blending of Spider-Man's... Like, this is... I guess the way I can explain it is that if we did really have the, you know, the Andrew Garfield films integrated into the MCU, they would not look like the uh mark webb style of filmmaking they would look like the joss whedon style of filmmaking at the time yes and that's kind of what makes me think of this yes i completely agree it makes sense for them to to for it to look this way because it's not ultimately it's not peter's story and i was not expecting it to be like that i thought he was going to be much more involved it's pretty um, cool yeah right and so uh, my favorite part, I mean, my favorite part of this, unsurprisingly, is all the Cap stuff. This is the most I've liked Ultimate Cap. Um, mm-hmm. re- and it's because it's the 616 Cap. It's but because it's 616 Cap. I really dig it. I think it's a great, and it's just enough. Because like at a certain point, you know, the Ultimates became their own worst enemies, both in the comics and in the real world. And I think this gives you just enough to... Even if you weren't reading the Ultimates, you get a sense for them. You get their full, you know, you get their gist, you get their deal, and you know that while Spider-Man is doing his thing, these people are out there, you know, being super cops. And so I really liked it. I I loved the dealing in moral grays. um, And I just, I thought Cap really, really shined in this book. And I was excited. It's a good Captain America story. Yes. Totally agree. And him coming to grips with all of this was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, just absolutely enjoyed it. But can I derail the pod for a second? Do it. Derail it. Um, sorry, just uh, an announcement that just happened. 
I Am Legend sequel. No way. Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan to star and produce together. An I Am Legend sequel was just announced. I'm sorry. I just had to. <laughs> Listeners, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very surprised at what is happening in the world right now. <laughs> that, that's so weird. That's a weird thing, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I like that. I don't think I like that. Because I, I personally ascribe to the alternate ending of the film yes. where Will Smith dies. Yes, and it's a much better ending. It's a much better ending. But I don't know. It's, hmm. It's going to be interesting. Anyway, sorry. I just saw that no, you're good. my phone right now. I was like, I don't understand <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> You're good. That's weird. So anyway, that was Ultimate Six. <laughs> yeah, that was that was Ultimate Six, Volume Nine of Ultimate Spider-Man. Tune in next week for Volume Ten of Ultimate Spider-Man, entitled Eric. I'm excited. Hollywood. Eric, I'm excited. Um, reading the synopsis here. Uh, this is going to be issues 54 through 59. Get ready for that. Um, and it synopsis goes like this: a major movie, a major movie studio. <laughs> is making a summer blockbuster about Spider-Man. And the ultimate wall crawler swings by the set to give the producers a piece of his mind. But as the cameras roll, the real wall crawler and Doc Ock go head-to-head behind the scenes. Oh, that's interesting. So this is the story that came out the summer of 2004. For Spider-Man 2? (laughs) Oh, oh, that makes it Doc Ock. Yeah, of course. Oh my God, I just looked at this at the cover. Yeah, Ama- Ultimate Amazing Friends. What? What? That's that's what's on the. Oh, you can't see it. I can't uh, see the the trade cover for this is Spider Man, Iceman, and Firestar. Oh shit! They fucked up your thing because that's not actually that. That's oh, not the cover. Oh, okay, for this. that is not the cover for this. Okay, because I was about to. Be I'm like, so what? sorry that you saw that. <laughs> oh, I got my hopes up. Damn, uh, Eric, that is a ways away from here. Okay, good to know. Oh, power. Oh, no, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, that is not actually the cover for this. the cover for this volume. Is I think it's the cover for issue 54, which is Spider-Man swinging in front of the Hollywood sign. Oh, I see it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty fucking cool. That is really fucking cool. So, yeah. Tune in next week. Issues 54 through 59. Uh, Spidey Goes Hollywood. Woo! But for now, for the Geek Explained Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. And I am Malcolm Russell Nelson. And, and that was Jacob Brown earlier. I hope he's okay. Yeah, I'm going to call him back. I'm sure the White yeah. House won't mind if I call that number again. Yeah. And... Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, and we will see you next time. The arms, the metal arms.
but also like i don't want to be switching back and forth on comicsology a lot because jesus sure. christ is a fucking nightmare it. right now so. i get it yeah <laughs> this whole thing is just i don't even i don't even it's bad it. it's bad and they should feel bad that's the thing they released a statement this weekend like they didn't even fucking feel bad they're just like no like we understand like people don't like it and we'll try and figure out some stuff like, no 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 it just sucks don't just figure it out it there's nothing to figure out no send the state back, back. Yeah. <laughs> like send the steak back Give i me asked what I for this ordered. medium rare you gave me well done charred <laughs> butterfly i don't want that's this. not what i want send it back <laughs>